Welcome to the Rock Church Podcast. This is Amanda. We're so glad you're joining us today. We are a church family that exists to love God, love people, and do something about it. If you'd like to learn more about us, you can visit us at rockc3.com or head over to your app store and search Rock C3 for our app. Today, you'll hear the first week of our new series called Unhinged with Pastor Josh Finkley. Enjoy the message. How you guys doing today? Everybody good? Everybody good? Man, it's so good to be with you, and I'm excited that we got to worship together and connect uh, to Jesus that way, and, and I pray that, that you've been able to do that. I also pray that you've been able to connect with some others while you've been here, whether that's uh, coming through the doors, hanging out in the auditorium, uh, wherever it might be, that, that, our, that is our goal, that, that you would really connect with Jesus and connect with others. And if you happen to be new with us, man, thank you for being here. I know uh, that, that going to church and maybe a new church, that can be uh, a tough decision, that can make Make you anxious, so so I'm glad that you've weathered that storm and you've showed up today. And I, I pray that it's just a great day for you. All right, and some of you might be watching online or on demand. Would y'all give it up for anybody who's watching online or maybe at a different date with us? Man, I'm thankful that you are with us as well. And before I dive into the message, just a couple things real quick, just to make sure everybody's aware of. Um, one is next Sunday night we are having a Super Bowl party at our coastal campus uh, for all of our young adults and for those who call coastal their normal home, all right? So if you are a young adult and you are here right now, I want to encourage you to come to Coastal next Sunday for a Super Bowl party. And some of you, you know you're a young adult and you already know it. Some of you think you're a young adult I'll let you decide if you are or not, okay? But for those of you who definitely know that you're young adults, really want to invite you next Sunday night for our Super Bowl. Uh, we've got hundreds of wings already purchased uh, or, or at least on order. Uh, there's going to be all the fixings and then the game, obviously, and it'll be a great time. And, and just so you know that, uh, a lot of our young adults, uh, they'll either maybe worship here on Sunday mornings or in Aner, but then we'll come back out on Sunday night at Coast. It's a multi-generational service that has a heavy, heavy influence of young adults. Uh, so if you're a young adult, if you're looking for a community, I would definitely encourage you hang out with us on Sunday nights at Coastal, all right? That's one thing I want to let you know about. The second thing, and this is really exciting, is this Wednesday night, we are having a gathering uh, for those who are interested in our South Strand uh, campus. And what that means is, we, we kind of threw it out there a couple months ago that we're looking at starting a rock campus on the south end of Horry County. They're on the south strand. And uh, we've had people signing up and people getting interested. It's actually almost every day somebody new signs up for that group. So this coming Wednesday, at 6.30, we're going to have a time of worship and, and teaching at Garden City Chapel, all right? So if you're from that area or you live in that area, I want to make sure you're aware of it and that, that if you can come, great. If you can't, just jump on the website and sign up for the interest group so that you can get uh, information about the next time we're gathering. If you don't live in that area, chances are you know somebody who does. 
Let them know uh, about this group that is forming and tell them to go to the website and get signed up because we're really trying to see where that goes and and, kind of maybe uh, hopefully launching a campus uh, in in the distant or in the near future, all right? So so that's a couple things, all right? Now, let's dive into this new series. And this new series we're calling Unhinged. And the idea of unhinged is when something is unhinged, uh, a door, a cabinet, it means it's, it's off track. It means it's out of whack. It's, it's off base. It's off kilter, maybe is the word you use. And what it simply means is it doesn't function like it's supposed to. That if you have a door that is unhinged, then it means that door maybe doesn't open like it's supposed to or close like it's supposed to. If you have a cabinet that's unhinged, it won't open or close like it's supposed to. And, and so when it's unhinged, it means it doesn't work properly. Well, I, I believe that that is us many times, that we get unhinged. And we primarily get unhinged in, in maybe some of these areas. Uh, just curious, um, have you ever been unhinged when it comes to anger, stress, worry, anxiety, lust, uh, judging, uh, comparison, revenge, or retaliation? Anybody, anybody been unhinged in any of those areas? Yeah, all right, most of us, all right? Like my guess is all of us in some form or fashion have got off track when it comes to one of those areas. And the way we get off track, the way we get unhinged is because anger or lust or stress or worry takes control in a wrong way in our mind. See, the whole idea unhinged actually is how to win the war with our mind. Because if we change the way we think, then we can change the way we live. But unfortunately, when it comes to our mind, oftentimes we get unhinged. Now, I can tell you this personally, this happens in my life in those areas I already mentioned pretty much every time I golf. Like, like I don't know anybody here who, who golfs, maybe some of you golf, but, but if you know anything about the game of golf, it's a game that is played within the six inches between your ears. It's a mind game. And for me, I can get unhinged on the golf course real quick. I can deal with anger. I can deal with comparison because I want somebody else's game. I want somebody else's swing, somebody else's clubs. Uh, I, I, can, I can deal with, with judging because, because I'm like, man, they, they, they don't know how to play. I, I, I can get all these different things that can go in worry or stress. Every time you stand over a ball, like, is this going to go out of bounds? Am I going to make this putt? You you understand? Mike, Mike, am I right on this? You understand what I'm saying here? You know what I mean? You guys get me, right? Like there's things that we get unhinged at. Well, how do we win that war? How do we keep from getting unhinged? Well, we strengthen our mind. So this series that we're going to do for five weeks, we're going to hit topics um, that Jesus preached about in Matthew chapter five and chapter six, but we're going to attack them from how do we change our mind? Because again, if we change the way we think, we can change the way we live. So let's start by dealing with the easy topic first, anger. Because anger is not an issue for any of us, right? Anybody here admit that you get angry every now and then? Yeah, I remember this is a full participation church, right? 
Like, let's just do this. Let's have some fun. Let's have an anger audit. And what that simply means is let's examine our anger. Let's start by asking this. What makes you angry? Like, think about that for a second. What makes you angry? 501 traffic make anybody angry? Yeah, you, you with me? You know, you know what I'm saying there? That, that, that the way people drive make you angry? That, that social media maybe will make you angry at times? That politics will make you angry? That, that Here's one. When you call to deal with an issue and you get an automated voice service, how many of y'all get just ticked off on that one? Thank you, Tony. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's just like, I'm hitting zero. Like, give me a real person. Is that just me? Okay, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, you know. Like, there's things that will make us angry. Anybody get angry when you get hungry? Guys, I'm hungry right now. I, I might preach a little angry, I'll be honest, okay? You know what I mean? Anybody get angry when you get tired? Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like there's things that we get angry. There's things that anger us. How about this? Another anger audit. Do you enjoy being angry? See, think about that. Some of you, like, let's be honest, you enjoy it. You know what I mean? Like, some of you are like, I hate it when I get mad. Others of you are like, man, I kind of like the rush of adrenaline. I kind of like living angry, right? Or, or here's another anger audit. How about this? Examine this. When you get angry... How do you react? Right? I anybody get like quiet, intense, inward, and you avoid everybody? Some of you. The rest of us yell, throw things, slam doors, punch walls. R right? Right? <laughs> you, know? you know what I mean? Like how do we react when we get angry? Well, here's the issue with anger. If we don't learn how to deal with our anger in the proper way, then we're going we're gonna to put ourselves in a place of judgment. See, reality is we're all going to get angry. Like every one of us in this room, there's going to be times where anger comes. It's a natural emotion. The problem is, is most of us, when anger hits, we don't handle it in a God-honoring Jesus way. So when that happens, we, we mess up. So what we need to do is we need to change the way that we deal with anger. Because we can get angry, but we can't stay angry or live in anger or allow our anger to get us unhinged. So what do we do? Well, what I'd say is best thing for us to do is follow the words of Jesus. And let's look at what Jesus said when he talks about anger. Okay, it's, it happens in Matthew chapter five. He was preaching a sermon and, and he said this to uh, the people who were gathered around. Now, this would have been about 2000 years ago, but the words we have are, are still true today. As he was preaching to a group of people, he said this. He said, you've heard that our ancestors were told you must not murder. If you commit murder, you're subject to judgment. But I say, if you're even angry with someone, you are subject to judgment. And like, like, think about Jesus' words here. Like, why would he say this? I mean, why would he compare murder and anger together? 
Well, let's, let's dig into that for a second. To understand what he's doing is he's talking to a group of Israelites. And as he's talking to this group of Israelites, he's, he's letting them know, like, you know, you've heard it said that you can't, can't murder. And what he's doing is he's referencing something that was called the, the law that Moses had given the people. Moses had given the people this about 1,200 to 1,400 years earlier. So the people, all of their life, they'd heard, if you murder, you're going to get judged. And I think all of us still today, we go, yep, that makes total sense. But what Jesus does is he adds to it a little bit. He, he, he tries to change the way they're thinking. And he says, well, I don't want you to think that you just could possibly face judgment if you murder. You could actually face judgment if you get angry. That, that, that look at what he said. He said, but I say, if you are even angry with someone, you are subject to judgment. Now, pause. Again, why, why would he say that? This, this is verse 22. I'm going to read you the whole, all of verse 22 for a second. Like, why would he say you face the judgment? Well, well let's go on to the, to the rest of the verse. The rest of the verse will read it like this. It says, but... But I say, if you are even angry with someone, you're subject to judgment. If you call someone an idiot, you are in danger of being brought before the court. That, that I think what Jesus is getting at here is he's saying, when we get angry as people, we don't know how to respond. That, that we are facing judgment because when we get angry, we don't handle it right. So because we don't handle it right, we call somebody an idiot. Let me read the whole verse. But if I say, if you're even angry with someone, you are subject to judgment. If you call someone an idiot, you are in danger of being brought before the court. And if you curse someone, you are in danger of the fires of hell. Guys, that's serious teaching, isn't it? I'm just curious. Anybody here ever called somebody an idiot? Anybody here ever cursed somebody? I'll keep my hand up. Right? Like we have. Like we, we've been guilty of this. See, I think Jesus is showing us a simple principle here. That the reason that we're subject to judgment if we get, anger, get angry is because we don't know how to properly respond. Because what happens is when we get angry, we get unhinged in our mind. And when we get unhinged in our mind, it is displayed with our mouth. Right? I get angry here, so I call someone an idiot there. I get unhinged here, so I curse somebody over there. That, that because I get unhinged here, I lose it here. And what we need to do is recognize what Jesus is saying is we got to figure out how to deal with our anger so that we don't face judgment. Well, how do we do that? Like, how do, how do we deal with this anger so that we don't face judgment? Well, let me just, let me just get real practical for a few minutes. All right? And when I say practical, I mean like real practical. I'm just going to give you four simple steps Four steps that I believe that if we will put into our life, we can deal with our anger in a way that we won't get unhinged. 
And so, so here's a little challenge to everybody. If you have a phone, pull out your phone. I want you to take notes. I don't do this every week, but you know, every now and then I will. And in this series, we're giving real practical tips. So I want to encourage you, if you had a phone, take these four notes down. If you have a pad of paper, write them down. If you're kind of old school thinking, all right? But either way you do it, I want you to take these practical steps and put them into our life. Because again, if you remember at the beginning, we all raised our hand. And whether it's anger or something else, what I'm going to share will help us in all areas of not getting unhinged in our mind. All right, so let's deal with it. How do I keep from getting unhinged in my anger? Well, again, I would say do an anger audit. We got to audit our anger. And the way you audit your anger is the first thing is this. Discover what triggers you. Like we got to discover what our triggers are. And we joked at the beginning about, you know, automated calls or, or traffic on 501, stuff like that. And, and maybe that is like your number one issue in life. Now, that is really what makes you angry, okay? If that's the case, let me help you. Don't drive on 501, okay? Like take 22 or Uber or something, right? You know what I mean? Um, like, like, but in reality, there's probably things deeper than that that make us angry. So, so I, I'm going to challenge you even right now. Discover what triggers you. Like really investigate, examine. That's what the word audit would mean. Examine what triggers me. A warning, what you find you might not like. I just have to tell you that. I did this personally. If you know anything about me or if you've been coming to The Rock very long, I've shared many times that anger is my number one sin issue. That is something I've been dealing with since I was a kid, okay? Uh, and uh, so when I was writing this message, I was like, oh, it's anger, you know, yep, I know all about it, you know, and I started to write. And then I got like, okay, Jesus, how do we live this out? And, and I felt like he was telling me to discover my triggers. Oh, I know what makes me mad. And the Holy Spirit was like, no, Josh, really, really discover. And, and I wanna invite you to do that as well. But again, what you find you might not like because you re recognize the flaws in your own life. For me, there was, there was three like top ones, okay? And, and they kind of go in this order. Coming in at number three, for me, a trigger is laziness. Like laziness slash uh, work ethic. Like I, I just get angry. Like when my kids were younger and, and you know, you tell them to do something and they wouldn't do it. And, and, and I, I would immediately just get angry just out of laziness, bad work ethic. And it could have been in my kids when they were younger. It could be someone today not getting a job done, not doing what they said they were going to do. Like that angers me. That came in at number three. And number two on my list was failure. Like I get angry when I fail. Like, like number three, this idea of work ethic and laziness that was typically directed towards others, failure is directed totally towards myself. Well, like I know at times we're going to fail and we're going to make mistakes. I have all kinds of grace for people when they fail, but when I fail, I've got no grace for myself. I get angry. And that can be like a home project like that didn't go the way I wanted it to. It could be something we're trying here at church that didn't go the way I wanted it to. Um, or it could be sin, where I've allowed myself to step into sin and, and consciously made a sin decision, and then I get angered over that. Or, or, or sometimes it's just not doing what is right. 
You know what I mean? Like sometimes it doesn't mean that you sin, but you just didn't do what was right. And when I recognize that in my own life, man, I get angry at myself. But, but number one, okay? Number one, this is confession time for Josh, okay? Number one thing that makes me angry is when people tell me what to do. Anybody with me on that one? <laughs> Some of you with me? Guys, like, like, I go nuts. Like, my blood starts to boil. The minute somebody tells me, Josh, go do that, I'm just like, what? Did you just tell me what to do? You know what I mean? Like, I get angry. Now, now here's reality. If it's somebody who's an authority in my life, I mean, I, I've had people who have been an authority in my life all my life. So when somebody in authority tells me what to do, it doesn't bother me one bit because I've put myself under their authority. But when it's somebody who isn't an authority in my life, when they say, go do this, like, I, like my blood boils. Guys, and it's embarrassing to say that. Like, I'm embarrassed, and, and here's why. That sounds so childish, right? You know what I mean? Like, like that's ridiculous, Josh. I, I agree, and that's the reason that day in my office when I was writing this message, and that's what my, the conclusion of the number one thing that makes me mad was that I was like, I am ridiculous. I need Jesus. But here's why that's important. I, I can tell you, for me personally, I've been dealing with my anger totally different since that day because I discovered what triggers me. And once you discover what triggers you, well, then you can define it. You can define the thought. That's number two. Discover what triggers you, then secondly, define the thought. Here's how this works together, okay? Like if I've discovered what triggers me, well, let's just say it's laziness or bad work ethic. That, that let's say it was with one of my kids not getting a job done. When I see that, it, normal behavior would be that I just want to yell at him. Normal behavior would be like, why didn't you get that done? Well, now I, I've discovered that trigger, so now I can start to define it. Say, I know why I'm mad, but I need to pause because maybe something happened that I don't know about. Maybe there's a reason that's not done. I define that thought like, Josh, that's a trigger. Slow down. That, that when it comes to somebody telling me what to do, maybe what they're telling me what to do is a very good thing. Maybe it's something that, that they need done. Maybe it's not anything bad whatsoever. Well, if I've discovered that trigger, then I can define it when it happens and go, this is okay that I'm being asked to do this or even told to do this. Or, or take it another step further. Maybe it's not one of your triggers, that, that all of a sudden you, you catch yourself getting angry all of a sudden. And you're like, was I triggered by this? Was I triggered by this? Was I triggered by this? No. Well, what is it? Well, I need to define it. Because once I define it, then I can decide how to respond. See, that's the third thing. Like I gotta, I gotta discover what triggers me. Then I've got to define that thought, define what's going on in the moment, and then decide how to respond. Now, here's the problem. Most of us don't decide how to respond. We just react, right? Like, like rather than going, hmm, how should I respond in this situation? We just react out of anger. Anybody ever reacted out of anger and then regretted what you did? Yeah, yeah, that's reaction, all right? And reaction is not of God. 
okay? That, that I, I never see anywhere that Jesus ever reacted in anger. And you might say, whoa, whoa, what about that time in the temple? What about that time when he, when he flipped over the tables and he, and he beat the, the animals out with a whip? That wasn't reaction. That was a calculated response. Scripture actually says that he went and made a whip. To take time to go and make a whip means he saw something, he defined it, and he said, now how should I respond? And he made a calculated decision and he responded. So that's my challenge for all of us is don't live in a reactionary world or reactionary life where we get unhinged, but start deciding how you're gonna respond. And if that's the case, well, how do we respond? Well, sometimes the best way to respond is to do nothing, right? Like there's just sometimes in life, there's sometimes things happen that it doesn't merit a response. Uh, Try this, the next time you're on 501 and somebody honks at you or somebody flips you the bird, rather than reacting, how about you just laugh it off, right? And when I say laugh it off, I don't mean pull up beside them and laugh at them. (laughs) I just mean laugh it off. Like, like, what has ever been solved by you flipping somebody else back off? What has ever been solved by, by you pulling up beside them and give them an, a, a dirty look? Like, here's what happens in those moments. For the, I don't want to say the rest of the day, but at least for quite a while, you're going to replay that in your head all day long. You're going to make your way to the office or wherever you are going, and you're going to be like, I can't believe that person. They flipped me off. And they even have a rock sticker on the back of their car, right? Like, you know what I mean? Like, you're, you're going to be like, I can't believe they did that. I can't believe, oh, and I yelled at them this way. And they did, and you're going to replay it. And, it's just, and you know what's going to happen? You're going to be unhinged. But how about the next time something like that happens, when it happens, you just laugh it off. Just smile and laugh it off. My guess is if that's the way we respond and our responses really have no response at all, then five minutes later, you're not gonna be thinking about that person anymore. That you're not gonna be angry and you're not gonna get unhinged. Sometimes the best response is no response. Like we can learn that when we're on the road. We can learn that when we're on social media. See, too many times we get on social media, we see somebody makes a comment, we're like, oh, that makes me angry, and then you just fly back off. And then what happens is you get into a peeing match. I wanted to use a different word there, but then somebody would have got mad, and you would have had to define the thought and all that. So, but, but you get in a peeing match online, and nothing good ever comes of that. So again, sometimes the best response is no response. But other times, we do need to respond. Sometimes there's something that's happened and you're like, I gotta speak into this. Maybe it's something going on in the community. Maybe it's something going on uh, with, with one of your friends. Maybe, maybe your parents made you angry and you, and you wanna talk about it. Maybe your, your roommate made you angry and you're like, man, we, we, gotta, we gotta talk about this. And maybe there's been some sin happen and somebody did something they shouldn't have done and you're like, I, I, I'm angry, I, got, I, I have to respond, right? Sometimes a response is mandated. When we respond, when a spo- response is merited, 
Respond to make a difference, not simply to make a point. Because what happens oftentimes is we'll be like, oh, I got to respond on this one. But we're, we're responding to make a point, not really to make a difference. And I think what Jesus says is that we need to respond and make a difference. So when you need to respond because of anger, however it came about in your life, when you need to respond, do so. Or maybe another way for me to say it is, deal with it. That, that again, if we're going to these four things that I, I could kind of say, I, I, I would say it this way, that we discover what triggers you, you define the thought, you decide the response, and then you deal with it. Because if something merits a response, and like I said, sometimes it does, then I've got to decide, how am I going to deal with it? And the way you deal with it is quickly. Now, I don't mean quickly like that happened, bam. I mean, in a sense that you understand, I need to deal with this in a God-honoring, righteous way. And the way to do that is in a timely manner. Look at what Jesus said here. Jesus said, Matthew chapter five, verse 23. And again, this is immediately following, immediately following what he just said about anger. He said, so if you're presenting a sacrifice at the altar in the temple and you suddenly remember that someone has something against you, leave your sacrifice there at the altar. Go and be reconciled to that person. Then come and offer your sacrifice to God. Well, what, what did Jesus mean when he said that? Like, what is Jesus really getting at here? And I think the essence of what Jesus is trying to say is that you need to deal with it quickly. That he's saying when something goes on and there's anger in the situation, don't allow it to go on unresolved. Because if it goes on unresolved, then, then you're going to allow bitterness and resentment and anger to live in your mind. And what will end up happening is the next time you see that person, you're going to like get angry again. Or that person sees you, they're going to get angry again. Or maybe this will happen is that you'll see that person, they won't see you, so they don't acknowledge you. And then you're like, well, how dare that person not acknowledge that I'm even here? And you start reading things into a situation that doesn't even exist. That happens because we didn't deal with it quickly. So what Jesus is getting at here is he's saying, go and deal with it. Take care of it. Get reconciled. Respond in a God-honoring way. Deal with it. The Apostle Paul, he said it this way in the book of Ephesians. He said, and don't sin by letting anger control you. Don't let the sun go down while you're still angry. For anger gives a foothold to the devil. Anger gives a foothold to the devil. Now, if you've been in church very long at all, you've heard this verse. You've heard this verse preached. I've preached this verse. I'll be honest, this week while I was preparing for this message, I saw something in this, this verse differently. Not this week, excuse me, a while back. But, but when I saw it, I, I saw something different that I'd never recognized before. 
I started digging into this verse and, and, and trying to understand it a little bit differently. And the word foothold in the Greek, which is the original language in New Testament was written in, that word foothold means place. Or another way to say it, it can mean like residency. See, I'd always read that verse to think, don't let the devil have a foothold in your life. And when I would hear that, I would think, well, don't let the devil like grab a hold of my foot or don't let, don't, don't let him put a foot into my territory. That's really not what the, the verse is saying. The, the verse is really saying is, don't let him take up residency. Don't let him have a place in your life. Because if he does, he's going to destroy everything. And where is it that the enemy, the devil, saying, where is it that he wants to put a, get a place in your life? Right here. Because the devil knows if he can take up any kind of residency here, if he can take up space here, then he wins here. That if he can take up space here, then he wins here. If he can take up space here, then he wins here. So, so what Paul is getting at is like, don't let the enemy have a place, a residency in your life. So deal with it before the sun goes down. Another way to say it would be this, is the day of the hurt should be the day of the healing. See, too many times we let, the, we let the hurt linger and linger and linger. And what Jesus is saying and what Paul is saying is the day of the hurt should be the day of the healing. Now, some things, let's admit it, take time to heal. But at least the day of the hurt should be the day that the healing begins. So that the devil can't have residency in your life. So if that's the case, let's spend some time dealing with it. Like it, if we all understand that, that, that this is something we need to wrestle through, then let's deal with it. And let's go connect with Jesus. That, that maybe what you need to do right now is you need to say, man, I got to deal with this anger issue and I'm going to come up and take communion. I'm going to deal with it. Maybe, maybe for you right now, your anger is with God. Maybe there's junk going on and you're just like, I'm just angry with God. Deal with it. Because Jesus dealt with it with us. See, when we were angry at God, while we were sinners, while we were his enemy, Jesus came to this earth and he died on a cross to deal with our anger and to bring reconciliation. So I want to challenge you today to deal with it by going to Jesus. And then also connect with others. Maybe you've got something going on with somebody else today. Maybe the best thing you can do is just deal with it in a God-honoring, righteous way. Thank you so much for joining us today. If you would like to learn more about how to give to God through The Rock, you can find that information on our app or on our website. Another way that you can give to us is simply by subscribing to this podcast, rating it, telling your friends about it. All those things are super helpful. We hope you have a great week.